Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops Podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIB events. I am Andre, and with me, our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi Andre, hi guys, hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops Podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. Andre, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? After this double-header week, we will be recapping round three on today's episode. Tomorrow we will bring you the recap of round four. And on the day after, on Wednesday, right before the start of the this week of the EuroLeague, we will have for you a preview of round five. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. And uh, we will get right into it. And we will start with the, the first game that took place on the round three and the first game of this doubleheader, the game between Partizan and Barcelona. Diogo, what were the keys for this road win for Barcelona? Well, first of all, I just want to give a, a huge shout out to, to that Barcelona team and Coach Grimao because... They've, they've been surprising me a lot this season. Like uh, I knew they had the potential to be to be a great team and, and to be a contender. But uh, like we talked about on our season preview, uh, we thought it would take a while for them to really click. And, and they've been doing it from the start. They are one of the two undefeated teams so far. And uh, I'm loving the way that they're playing. They, they keep f- finding the open shooters. They, they play a, a very attractive brand of basketball. And uh, La Provitula, I think not only on this game, but for their whole season, he's been such a key player because I, I, I was already a fan of his game, but this season he's been consistent. Like every game he's producing, producing at a very high level. So I'm really enjoying the way he's playing this, this season. They are playing together. Like everybody's playing to their strengths and their roles. So I'm a big fan of how Barcelona is approaching this season. Uh, as far as this game... Uh, I think it was clear that Partizan needs a, a point guard to, to put all that talent together because they've been relying way too much on Avramovic. And this is not a knock on him because he's a very good player. But he's kind of that guy to come off the bench and like bring some energy to your team. He, he's not supposed to be your best player. And so far this season, uh, Avramovic has been playing as Partizan's best player. And, and I think that has to change. I mean, Kevin Ponder uh, still hasn't had one of his games like he, he's that guy, that scorer, that clutch player, and he hasn't been producing at that level. Um, the front court rotation has been kind of inconsistent. Uh, Kaminsky is not playing like we expected him to. So I think Partizan has a, a lot of stuff to work on to, to really get their stuff together. Uh, I saw that they're looking for a center. I don't know if that's their biggest need. I think a point guard is for sure the biggest need, and I think this game was a, a clear proof of that. So uh, I definitely think Partizan has the talent to do better. But on this game, they were just outplayed by Barcelona. And that outplaying, it goes besides the, the, the way that Barcelona is performing. They are having more will. They are uh, 
they are dominating the game in all fronts. This Barcelona team, they are they are they dominated Partizan in second chance points, and you see Vasily playing at a very high level. They bring Willy off the bench, and it's a player that is able to to give so much to them, and that's a difference maker. The everybody is buying into their roles. They are performing at a very high level, as you mentioned. Lapro Lapro has been a key player, and he's playing as a the MVP of this Barcelona team. But you have players like Oscar da Silva that is being placed into their starting lineup just to have a specific role to perform a task for that team. And you just see that from the top player to the bottom player, the way that the team is being coached, that the way that the team is being is reacting to adversities when they have it on the game. This is a totally different Barcelona from last season. And while talent-wise, they probably are a similar team than last year. I don't think that they by losing uh, the one MVP candidate on Mirotic, they became a better team. I don't think that's what we saw. But uh, it's about the way that this team is performing on the court. They out-rebounded Partizan. They had 21 second chance points against 11 from Partizan. They play fast. They had 11 fast break points against two from Partizan. They are just able to to gain all the advantages that uh, they can have in the game and uh, maximize the players that they have in such a good way. And congratulations for Grimau. Congratulations for the players to buy into that. And that's what's making this Barcelona team so special because when the talent and the way that uh, they are working and the way that they are performing matches the talent, that's what elevates them and puts them uh, a step above. And I think that's why we are seeing such a strong start from Barcelona. And that's what we want to see because many times you see these hyper-talented teams uh, performing just... uh, at 80%, at 90% game after game, because that's enough for them to go by the regular season. And many times when they get to the postseason, they end up losing because they just, they took too long to get into the rhythm that they needed to be. And this Barcelona team is already there. And let's see how much further they can go as other teams like this partisan team that's uh, we saw in this game, and you mentioned they are needing some pieces and they are needing the pieces that they have to give them even more. Panther, Kaminsky, they are able to perform better, to give them more. And uh, we know how Obradovic works and we know how his teams tend to improve and to get better. And some new pieces will take time to, to get to the point where they need to be. But we can expect this partisan team to grow and to get closer to Barcelona. But Barcelona is starting in a f- further ahead than other contenders. And that's what led them to, to this strong start. And this was another step in that direction. Yeah, I just wanted to, to point out another thing. They, they have been able to respond when other teams come back. And I think that was a big problem for them last season. We, we talked about that. Uh, they weren't able to, to respond to adversity. And if you look at these last two games, uh, Partizan and Olympiacos, both games on the road where they had a, a comfortable lead and then both Olympiacos and Partizan came back and made it a tough game. And then Barcelona responded again and, and got the lead back. And, and they've just been dominant. Like This type of dominance is what we expected from Barcelona teams from last year. And, and they're doing it this season at a, at a great level. So it's been very amazing to see. 
Very well. Barcelona is performing at a great level. Partizan still has some catch-up to do and we can expect to see improvements on that front. Let's move into the next game, uh, the game between Fenerbahce and uh, Paratinaikos. And we know that Guduric will have some of these games and help his teams to, to perform at a very high level. He came out of this game as the MVP. What were the, the keys for this uh, Fenerbahce victory? Well, the... I think the size of that team, uh, I mean, in a matchup against Panathinaikos, I think Panathinaikos is a very undersized team. And I think a guy that was so key in this game was Nick Kalaris. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to be on the team. And he's playing at an amazing level. He, he did a little bit of everything and he changed the game for them. Uh, I think the the way that Fenerbahce was able to use their size to to overmatch the, the guards from Panathinaikos, uh, playing three guard lineups like almost the whole game, and even though Grigonis is doing an amazing job at it, I mean it's still smaller than guys like Deshaun Pierre, Nigel Hayes, Davis. So it, it was just a, a bad matchup overall for for Panathinaikos, and I think it's a great win for Fenerbahce. They were dominant from beginning to the end, and, and I think Panathinaikos is far away from from being a contender. Uh, I believe they need a, a true center, and, and I think they need a, a scorer at the three. Because what they have right now, uh, not only is it not enough, but uh, they're not playing good. Like they, they are far away from being the team that we expected them to be. They are disappointing me a lot. And, uh, and but credit to Fenerbahce, man, because the guards from Panathinaikos were were well defended, and Fenerbahce took away their their ability to impact the game, especially offensively. So I think this is a great win for Fenerbahce, and credit to Coach Ituris because. They, they played a really good defensive game and we know Ituri's teams usually are very good defensively. So I think this is a lot of this credit goes to him. And then like for the players, I think Kalad has changed the game and he's been very important for Fenerbahce this season. We had a good read on uh, on Fenerbahce on, the, on our previous episode because uh, the point guard position, it's, it was the key for them and it was what they were missing and struggling with in the, the first games. And we spoke about Yamadar being a high-level player, but uh, probably not being the player that would be able to be uh, controlling the game. And that's what they expected Raul now to, to be for them. And that was the the part of the game that they were lacking. And Kalates stepping up and being able to have a performance like this just make the game for Fenerbahce way easier. And speaking about the size and what you mentioned about the size, we know that uh, this uh, Par- Paratinaikos team is very talented and especially on the guard position, uh, the talent is off the charts and the depth, most, uh, more than the talent, the depth is off the charts. But for a team that wants to play small, for a team that uh, wants to, to play with three guard lineups constantly or often, they cannot uh, lose the, the fast break battle. They cannot be outscored 10 to 3 in, in the fast break points by a team that is bigger than them because we know that uh, it will be hard for them to compete on the rebound battle. We know that uh, they will have mismatches to deal with uh, all game long, especially against a team like Fenerbahce that is so good at exploring those mismatches. And that's what we saw in this game. It can. There are different approaches here. Uh, it can be a matter of... Um, this team getting together and improving, and they started by by performing very well in the uh, or performing at a high level in the the beginning of the year league. But uh, we could expect some uh, ups and downs of the group that was just put together and brought in so many new players. So 
I'm not judging Paratinaco's level just yet. I'm giving them time to perform higher. But uh, we said it when we previewed the season, and I think you are right. They need uh, a three. About the center position, I do have hope for Basharlowski to be able to grow into a bigger role. He hasn't been having too big of a role. He hasn't been playing much. Uh, I think that maybe he can give them more than what he has been giving, and maybe they have that internally. But uh, if Ataman doesn't trust him to be able to to do that, then that might be a position where they also will be looking at uh, improving, heading, uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, one thing I noticed. One thing I noticed in this game was um, Lasort's body language and, and his frustration every time Fenerbahce got an offensive rebound, and, and I think. He was clearly feeling like he was the only one in that fight for those rebounds. And I do think they need to address that because rebounding in EuroLeague, we know it's a very important factor in these games because a lot of the teams play big and a lot of the teams have those big guys like Walter Tavares and uh, Milutinov. So you clearly need a a better rebounding team if you want to compete at that level. And I don't think Panathinaikos has that at this moment. So I do think that's a position they need to address. Absolutely. Let's uh, move into the next game, the game between FS and Asvel, a game where Will Clyburn scored 19 points and FS got the win. We had called it here on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, it was a game where FS dominated for in the second and third quarter, but allowed 28 points from uh, from Asvel in the fourth quarter. But despite that, they secured the five-point win. What went wrong on that fourth quarter and how did this game unroll? Well, uh, Asvel was able to, to be competitive and, and to respond in, in that fourth quarter, trying to make a, a late comeback. But uh, it wasn't really good enough to, to do that. I think Efes played a, a very good game the first three quarters. Like you said, they were dominant in the second and third. But then in the fourth, I think they relaxed a little bit. But uh, I think it was a game that they just needed to win. I, I think more than having a dominant performance or, or more, than, more than just outplaying your opponent and blowing them out. I think they needed a win just to to improve their confidence and I think and I think they, they achieved that goal. Uh, it was very good to see Will Clyburn have a, a very good game and I think that's also important for him and for the team, for his confidence. And they were they was able to get the win. That, that's all you could ask for, for them on, on this game. As far as Arva Aswell, like I said before, they were able to be competitive. That is a plus, but uh, there's still a lot of things that need to to change for this team to, to be better. Uh, I think they are far away from the competition as far as like all the other teams. And even though they keep getting some close uh, games, they, they just don't have what it takes to, to win games at the EuroLeague level. And uh, we know that TJ Parker uh, is not no longer the coach of the team. So we'll see how that's going to work from now on, if he was in fact a coaching problem. But uh, I do think they are still very far away from the rest of the competition. But it was a very good game by Efes. The first three quarters, they, they just got to try to be consistent throughout the 40 minutes. Yeah, Asphalt has a long road ahead to be able to, to be competitive. And uh, right now they are looking like a bottom team, not as a top team. For Asphalt, this game, and we saw more Will Clyburn, but uh, I want to see more Will Clyburn against a bigger comp- competition than what they had on this game. And for Efes... The ability of taking care of the ball will certainly be crucial for them. They turn over the ball 16 times and allow 23 points of turnovers from Asvel. And uh, that's something that uh, when they are playing against better teams and if they 
they want to be on the playoff picture. And I think we both believe that they belong on that playoff picture and they can be a top six team uh, of this edition of the EuroLeague. But they need to perform as such. They need to look for their advantages and they need to be able to to take care of the ball and to control the game more than, uh, than they are doing at uh, this moment. Let's look to the next game that we have on the docket. And it was a game that uh, happened in Vitoria in Spain where Bayern uh, showed what we have been telling you guys about, that uh, they are a very competitive team and they went to play against Basconia on the road and they got the 68-76 to 76 win. This Bayern team is to be taken serious, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this. They, they are a very good team, even though it's a new team, it's a new project. Uh, they have a couple of young guys, but they are very talented and they have depth and they are very well coached. So this team is very dangerous. And on this game, I was so impressed with Nick Valorab and his impact on the game because coming off the bench, he got 11 rebounds from the guard position and he absolutely changed this game in the fourth quarter with his rebounding, his effort, his hustle. He set the tone for for this Bayern team to have that great fourth quarter, only allowing six points on the road and it was very good to see Carson Edwards have a good game as well. And I just think Basconia, they, they have been competitive, but uh, Marcus Howard has been disappointing me this season because he's not he hasn't been able to make an impact scoring-wise. And we can clearly see that they need his scoring ability to be at the top level because they don't really have other scorers. They have guys that can step up here and there and help him scoring, but they need more from him. And I think he, he has to start producing at a higher level for them to have a chance at winning some games. But uh, this was just a great win by Bayern. Like they were down all game. And then in that fourth quarter, they were just dominant defensively. And I think that was the biggest key here, uh, led by Nick Valerbab, of course. Bayern having the ability of having that uh, defensive consistency. And then they will always have uh, some difference makers. can be Sylvian Francisco, can be Carson Edwards. Uh, They have many players that are able to do it and they probably will take turns at doing it. They are just showing that they are able to be a very good defensive team. And that is what gives them a very high floor. And... uh, the consistency on the other side of the floor might not always be there across the board, but it's a team that we can expect to see growth uh, during the season, but also during the next years. And uh, this very high floor and uh, this deep roster filled with talent and filled with pieces that really complement each other very well can be uh, a team that have high aspirations. And uh, spoiler alert, but... Uh, Tomorrow, you might hear us speaking about Marcus Howard having a better offensive uh, output. But in these first three rounds, he was averaging uh, one-digit uh, scoring games. Uh, or in average of the first three games, he was at one digit in points in his averages. And that's clearly something that they need for be competitive this season. They need Marcus Howard to produce at a high level, to be... Um, uh, a scoring uh, champion contender for this edition of the EuroLeague for them to be able to produce on that side. We still had good per- performances by Chima Maneke that continues to pr- to perform very well for them. Uh, Sadekarski is also having a good season so far for them. But this is a roster that doesn't have a lot of uh, depth talent-wise. 
in relation to other officers and they really need Marcus Auer to be their go-to guy, their guy to, to be extremely competitive. The next game that uh, we have is the game between Real Madrid and Jalgiris. And I guess we called this one right and called it just on point, didn't we? Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you. I think I think Zalgiris did a, a good job trying to, to shoot more trees and maybe being able to outscore Real Madrid. But uh, it's just so hard. I mean, Real is so good. And when you have Campazzo playing at this level, it will be hard to, to hold Real Madrid to an off night because he just finds a way to get them going. Like in this game, he did it not only with his passing, like he always does, but also with his ability to score. And they they just get different contributions every game. Like on this one, Gabriel Deck and Poirier stepped up and had a great one. Uh, but on other games, you can be Musa, like you can be Yabuzeli. They, they just have so much. But I think Zalgiris did a good job uh, of trying to stay in the game and trying to stay competitive. But uh, in the end, Real just, just had too much and they were able to secure a comfortable win. But uh, I think Zalgiris had the right approach to the game. And when you play against such a juggernaut like, like Real Madrid is, uh, I think this is the way to try to compete. And I think Zalgiris did a good job despite the loss. And they probably could have shoot even more. With this Shalgiris team, it, what happens and uh, that uh, last season was similar. When they take away their driving game, they are uh, in trouble because they don't have many other solutions. And while they are a very good shooting team, they tend to be somewhat shy from uh, deep and uh, they need to embrace that even more, especially on these high-level games, to be able to compete with teams like uh, Real Madrid. Let's uh, look into the game between Milano and Olympiacos. And this was a game where defenses were, was the key word, wasn't it, you? I mean, just look at the scoreboard. Like, that would tell you that it was a, a great defensive game. Uh, I thought the defense that Milano was able to play is something I would expect from Olympiacos. But uh, I was actually surprised Milano was able to play such good defense. And uh, we know Olympiacos is dealing with some injuries and they do lack some scoring. But holding a team like that to 53 points is very, very impressive. So shout out Milano for that. Uh, Mirotic keeps playing at a, a very high level. And in this second half, uh, Olympiacos didn't stand a chance. I mean, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, Milano was very good defensively in the fourth quarter. And then they was able to make shots. Like Mirotic, Pangos had a very good game. So uh, I think Milano has been playing... At a very decent level, I think their front court is their biggest strength and they did a great job on this game against Olympiacos. But I still think that for them to be successful at at a high, high level, like in terms of really being a contender, they I think they need a bit more from the guard spots. Like it has been enough for them to, to stay uh, at a, a decent position to start the season. But I do think it's going to keep getting harder and harder because they need a... They need Lowe to come back from injury. Uh, they need more production from Pangos, even though he did have a good game against Olympiacos. But uh, Devon Hall, the Billy Barron still out with an injury. So it's going to be hard for them to, to be able to stay at the top with all these injuries. And not, I don't think they have enough talent like uh, at the backcourt. I think they need more. But uh, that front court can can cover a lot of those flaws because they are very good defensively. They, they are a strong team rebounding-wise. And I think this was the key on this game, they, their defense and their rebounding. I think if they keep this up and they can add like one piece at the backcourt, 
uh, I think they are one of the best teams in EuroLeague, and I think this is the way for them to to keep moving. I agree that they adding one piece on the backcourt will get them over the top, but uh, I disagree with them not having enough. I think that they have enough, as if healthy, to compete with uh, any team in the EuroLeague. I am... Uh, I am not sure that uh, they are not already on that point at uh, full uh, strength. And their size, their size is a problem. Their ability to, to play really big can give uh, issues to some teams uh, on defensively. And that's what we saw on this game against Olympiacos. And we spoke already about uh, Olympiacos' need to, to have more firepower offensively. And when they are scoring from three, and shout out to Walkup that again had another incredible game and went three of five from deep. But as a team, they shot 26.3 from three. And that's not enough for them to be able to, to, to compete with teams like that as their team is constructed right now. They need to make the most of their ball movement and their open shots that they have. And uh, shooting five out of 19 from, from three makes it very hard for them for them to be able to compete. On this game, Milano on the fourth quarter was able to break through and with a 21 points fourth quarter was where they were able to to build their advantage, their lead and conquer this important win for their aspirations for this edition of the competition. And Mirotic, like you said, once again, uh, he continues to play at an extremely uh, high level and uh, I think we have MVP level Mirotic and that's what places uh, Milano as one of the contenders for this edition of the EuroLeague. And let's see if they can stay healthy and let's see if they can have the, the pieces performing at the level that they need. And uh, Pangus has been stepping up and playing better after the talk of them needing another player because of not being satisfied with the way that he was performing and he has been showing up and playing better. And this, this was a game where he played better, but like I say, there is even more that he can give there and he can do even more there. And they need someone to do more on the, the their backcourt. We move now to the game between Red Star and Monaco, but first, uh, are you surprised with the news that came from Red Star? Uh I'm, I can't say uh, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. I, I, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, when you look at the the scores that they've been having, uh, one victory and two losses with this game, but uh, it didn't come as a shock. Like I wasn't expecting it, but it wasn't a shock. Uh, I think they have a great roster, and, and even though they've been playing well, uh, they need to get the wins, and that hasn't been happening uh, other than the first game. Uh, so I do think they need to, to produce at a better level and we'll see what happens now with the, the changing of coaches. But um, as far as this game against Monaco, I think it was the game of the round for me. Uh, it was a very competitive game. I think the way Red Star started the game, I thought for sure they were going to get this home win because with that crowd and starting the game like they did, uh, I did not think Monaco was going to be able to, to come back. Uh, but then Mike James happened. Like I... <laughs> The way he's playing this season, I believe this is the best I've seen him play at the EuroLeague level. And don't get me wrong, he, he has always been an elite EuroLeague player, but uh, he's doing it in, in such a dominant way this season. Uh, in the first half, he, he got to his spots, he dominating, dominated with his scoring ability. And then in the second half, he started finding his teammates and he scored when he had to. Uh, I just think he's playing at such an amazing level. Uh, his playmaking has been top of the top. 
he ended the game with a double-double, and I think he's been the best player in the competition so far. So uh, I think this win for Monaco is all about Mike James because they, they still don't have Jordan Lloyd. Uh, Elio Kobu hasn't been playing at the level at least I expected him to. Uh, Kimball Walker came back, but he still needs some time to, to get his body under him and to start producing at a higher level. And Mike Mike led the way for them. He made it easier for everybody, and I think he's playing at such an elite level. This is a great win for Monaco on a, a tough a tough road game in in Serbia. We already know how those home crowds are. So just a great win for Monaco. And uh, this might be the way for them to turn their season around. This was a very important win. And I think their confidence is only going to go up from now. It was also the perfect environment for Campbell Walker to have his debut in the Hero League. There, is, there aren't... What a, what a welcome moment, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. It was. He certainly will keep it in his memories. He had a quiet game, uh, as we could expect. It will certainly take a while for him to get going. But like I said, Mike James with 18 points and 11 assists. Uh, it was just incredible. He was able to dominate and control the game. And uh, on the other end, Giedraitis was looks like Clay Thompson when playing at home. He's shooting at incredible clip and he's shooting at a very very high level. But it was the shooting that decided this game and Monaco on this game went 10 from 23 and shot 43% from the three-point line. And Monaco being able to score from deep is a difference maker because it just opens up the game for them in a way that many times they struggle with. And for me, that was the key of this game. Mike James controlling the game and playing at a, a very, very high level. And I agree with you. The, what we saw of him, the way that he's approaching the game is probably the best that we have seen from him in the EuroLeague. But uh, Monaco as a team, being able to score from deep, it just opens up the game for them. The game gets way easier for them. And that for me was the key and the difference maker on uh, this game. And the reason why Monaco comes out with this very important uh, win that can be a turning point for, for their season. Next, we predicted a very high, a very hard road game for Alba against an experienced and well-coached team for Virtus and that's what we got a Virtus win 87-76 Virtus team is playing very good basketball aren't they? Oh yeah uh, they've been one of my surprises this season uh, I think defense and ball movement were, were the keys in this game uh, and Virtus has executed those at a very high level uh, they forced a lot of Alba turnovers and they just played elite offense like with their ball movement and their shooting ability, uh, I think Shangelia has been very dominant this season, uh, putting everything together on the floor while Coach Banky applies his, his look of magic from the bench. Uh, I think this has been a, an amazing pairing, and, and they've been playing at such a high level. Virtus is for sure my surprise uh, of this start of the season. Uh, there's also another team, but we'll get to them next. Uh, Virtus for sure surprising me and playing at a very high level. Uh, I think shout out to Luca Banky because he... He's a miracle worker, right? And he's been his his impact on this team has been notorious. And to have Shangela play at this level, it's going to be a, a tough team to beat. Uh, and I think they've been starting the season at a very high level. I think Alba they they keep being entertaining to watch uh, for me at least. Uh, I'm very curious to see their potential grow throughout the season. But uh, it's understandable. Like Virtus is a more much more experienced team. And uh, Alba is going to have those struggling moments, but I think they're going to keep being a, a fun team to watch and they have the potential to get a win, uh, some wins here and there. 
But uh, as far as this game, just Virtus, great defense and ball movement. And I think those are going to be the factors for them throughout the whole season. I will put you on the on the hot seat for a moment and I will be asking you about uh, who are at the, so far your top three MVPs, but I will get to that right after. I, I look into this game and I give my takes on this game. Uh, everything that you said, I obviously agree with. And uh, there are two very important factors here for me. One of them with Alba is what we spoke about is the consistency across 40 minutes. They had a very strong second half where they scored 50 points. In the first half, they scored 36 points and they struggled against a team that brought the consistency and that uh, played for 40 minutes at a, a higher level than Alba was able to do. So with Alba, that's it comes that to that. They are a very exciting team, a team with a very entertaining players and players with high upside that we expect to see doing great things in the EuroLeague moving forward. But they need to find that consistency to be able to compete uh, in games even with uh, mid-level teams and especially with high-level teams. They need to find the consistency and in the games that they will be able to bring it, they will be able to compete for, for wins. For Virtus, is the reliance on the experienced players. And uh, with that, health will be a key factor for this Virtus team. Because they have on Bellinelli, Dobrich, they have on Danson, uh, on Cengelia, Hackett. Uh, they have a group of very experienced players that play at a very high level and that perform at a very high level for them. Those players staying healthy will be key for Virtus to continue to perform at the level that they do. But more than that, they have this system in place and they keep uh, perfecting it. And they will be a very hard team to beat and they will be a team that will be able to compete with almost anyone, even if we still don't favor them to to be there and to be a top contender. Exactly because they really rely on uh, on this ability of these uh, players to, to do it game after game. And uh, their margins and their upside is not as great as uh, some other rosters of the this League team. But let's get to the MVP talk real quick. And who are your top three players? Because for me, Shengeli is there with Mirotic and Mike James. Okay. Can I give you five? Because I think there are five guys have been who have been clearly a step above the rest uh, in this uh, early early in the season. Well, you can, but then you'll have to allow me to to add Milotinov to to my my group, and I will stick to the top four. <laughs> okay. Well, my five guys are definitely the three that you said. So Mike James, Mirotic, and Shengelia. And then I have Campazzo and I have La Provitola. I think Campazzo and La Provitola, also due to the fact of team success, they, they are both undefeated and they have been playing at such a high level. Um, and again, their consistency, uh, leading their teams to an undefeated record so far. And then these three guys, uh, Shengelia, uh, Mike James and Miritich, just their impact on their, on their teams and the way they have been playing overall, uh, I think they have all been amazing. And these are my top five MVP candidates so far. For me, uh, Campazzo, Lapro and Milutinov, there are three players that have been playing at a very high level and being extremely impactful for their teams, despite that first game from Campazzo. They are having a very big impact on the, on their teams. And of course, I, Campazzo and Lapro, the team record would matter in a votation. But these three guys... 
Chingalia, Mirotic, and Mike James are the three guys that for me are above the rest and uh, will be the, the real top three contenders. And that's why I was making that question. And I see that we are in agreement there. Let's then look into the last game of this round three and to the other team that is surprising everyone. What to make of this uh, Valencia powerhouse defense that beated Maccabi 75 to 66? I mean, yeah. Uh, the question you asked that I had here, what to say about this Valencia team to start the season? Like, uh, uh, they've been, I mean, Virtus has been very impressive, but uh, Valencia might be even more impressive because I had Virtus as a, a better team than Valencia to start the season, uh, more talented and just more experienced. But Valencia has been incredible. Like the way they've been playing defense and their effort, their their hustle. I expected them to be a lot better than last year, but I am just loving this team so far. They are a lot better than expected, and especially defensively. Just all-around efforts for them. And to start the season 3-0, and playing against Maccabi, Fenerbahce, and Monaco, who I think are three teams who have arguments to be contenders, I think it's incredible. And shout-out to, to Coach Mumbrou for the way he has this team playing. Uh, they're doing a great, great job. For Maccabi, I think similarly to, to Monaco, when I say that they need Jordan Lloyd, uh, Maccabi needs Wade Baldwin because having Lorenzo is great and Bonzi, he's playing at a very high level too. But when you have two elite playmakers at the same time, I think they change their whole dynamic as a, as a team. And I do think they need Baldwin ASAP because Lorenzo has been playing at a very high level. He, he, he's been getting double-doubles. He's leading the way from Maccabi. But uh, for them to be playing at that contender level, they need both of those guys to be playing at their, their best level. So uh, I do think Wade uh, has to get back for, for, for us to see Maccabi uh, as a contending team. But uh, just a great win by Valencia, man. To, to hold uh, all these three teams, Maccabi, Fenerbahce and Monaco, to what under 70 points. I think Fenerbahce scored 74, but both Monaco and Maccabi scored 60-something. So... This is a great effort for Valencia and congratulations to them on the start of the season. Hopefully they can keep this up throughout the season because it has been amazing to watch. Just a great job by them. The Maccabi needing Wade Baldwin, uh, it's very... Because Lorenzo Brown had a very good game on this game. He scored 13 points and have 11 assists. But not having Wade Baldwin there allows defenses to really focus on Lorenzo Brown and that reflects on the, the quality of the shots that he has. He ended this game one from six from two, two from six from three, and he will just have way harder shots when he needs to do basically all the creation for the for this Maccabi team. And despite having a very good game from Bozzi Colson that ended the game with 20 points, it's not enough to compete against teams that are playing at a very high level. And I go back to the same with this Valencia team. For me, they are performing was one of the, the best teams of this EuroLeague. And we had a hilarious moment with the EuroLeague uh, promoting the two teams that uh, didn't have any losses in uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And Valencia PR uh, charming in and mentioning that uh, they were also at that level and performing at that level. And they are. They are performing as one of the top teams. I think their depth of their depth of talent is not up there with other teams and they really need health to be able to continue to do this. 
but I think the teams will start figuring them that, them out. But at the same time, the, this, this defensive consistency does give them a very high floor and that does translate to good play in the early. And you have very good additions. English is playing at a very high level. Davis is playing at a very high level. Jovic is bringing them exactly what you said that he would, his ability to play, make and find people in the right places makes a difference for the way that this Valencia team play. And they are just performing as one of the top teams of this edition of the EuroLeague. And uh, continuity and ability to continue to do this will be key for them. But right now, they are looking like a team that will be in the competition for the playoffs and at the very least to be trying to compete to, to be on the playing picture. This takes us to the end of this episode. Tune in tomorrow for our recap of Round 4, the second part of this doubleheader, and on the day after for our preview of Round 5. As always, I'll be talking to you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on the next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.